only on DAZN. Normally, in a fight at this size, you would know 12 weeks that we're fighting Canelo Alvarez. I actually, one thing through this pandemic, I think if you stay fit and you don't balloon in weight, I think shorter camps are more effective for fighters. And I think quite a few people have found that. You know, some people do 12-week camps. I think people have been doing more six to eight-week camps. And I think that they're fresher going into the fight. So I just, the one the one thing that fascinated me about Callum is so relaxed. Yeah. So relaxed, honestly. Like when we made the fight out here, and I think sometimes you fight someone like Canelo, or you fight someone like Triple G, and you're kind of like overawed. Like Rocky Fielding was like, he just totally overawed with the occasion. Got in there and just, you know. But Callum won't do that. And the difference is, Callum's going to try and win. And he's going to try and win by not, not by being reckless, but by taking his chances when they present themselves. And he will let his hands go at the times that he thinks is the right time to let his hands go, which could be dangerous as well. Yeah. But that's why you'll get such a great fight. Because he, I trust me, he ain't coming to survive or try and steal the fight. He knows I have to hurt and I have to take my chances when they're there. No, it's a tough question to the promoter. You feel that Cameron Smith has to be No, because I think the judges are solid. I mean, Steve Weisfeld, these guys, they're very good judges. And I don't think, you know, you're always at a disadvantage at the start of the fight because you're fighting Canelo Alvarez. And I know we're not in Mexico, but we're not far. Yeah. You know, and it's going to be a great atmosphere, even with 12,000 there on, on Saturday. So I think he's got to do more than he would have to do if the fight was in the UK. And he's not thinking, I have to knock him out to win. But he's thinking, I need to win well. But he definitely... Joe said more, he's going for the knockout. Um, but Callum's saying, I'm not, I'm just, you know, I, I want to win well, but I will be trying to knock him out. And that's something that in Canelo's last two fights, neither, three fights actually, none of his opposition have really tried to do it. Jacob's never tried to knock him out, really, because he was fucked at the weight. Kovalev never really tried to knock him out, did he? I mean, he didn't really go in there and let his hands go. I know, because it's easier said than done. But it was a close fight, even still. It was a close fight, it was behind. And, and, and by the way, Canelo has to let his hands go faster in this fight, I think, than he did in the Kovalev fight, because he can't afford to give Callum that kind of time, that kind of distance, that kind of space in this fight. I think if I was Canelo Alvarez, I'd be looking to box Callum Smith like I boxed Rocky Fielding, which was to come on the front foot to walk him down and try and be aggressive early. But that's also very dangerous against someone that can punch very hard. I think uh, he could have boxed Yildrim, he could have boxed probably, I don't know, Plant. He could, I mean, he had a lot of offers to fight various people, but he wanted to fight Callum Smith because he's number one at 168. He's got the ring magazine belt and he thought, I believe I can beat him. 
and I believe it's a stat. When you look, in 2019, he boxed Danny Jacobs for his world middleweight title. Then he boxed Kovalev for his world light heavyweight title. And the next fight, he's fighting Canterbury for his super middleweight world title. I mean, he's a great run. Right? I know. Yeah, well, he ruled himself out publicly. No, well, same. I mean, in September. Yeah, and then we put the Murray fight together. But he made it quite clear that he wouldn't take less than what he wanted for the fight, even in the pandemic. So it was never even worth discussing. But the deal was done with Billy Joe Saunders to fight and sink at the moment. Oh, yeah, I mean, he flew over to the press conference. Yeah. It was that close. So, but it was never... The, the amount of money available, he wouldn't have taken the fight. So, it was never even a discussion. Did, did Callum get close to what he was offered? Yeah. Well, he, he, Callum Smith came down, came down to get the fight initially. This was at Cinco de Mayo. And then, again, slightly, I think for September, he got, he got, he got pretty much what he wanted, but yeah. it was less than what Billy Joe wanted. So, Eddie, earlier you mentioned that you noticed that fight camps don't need to be necessarily as long during the pandemic. What else have you learned from these different times that maybe you keep going forward? Um, having fighters in a bubble earlier and getting the media. Like, I felt like, I don't know, I mean, I felt like if you've got a fighter here, it's a lot easier to get access to them, right? So like today, I know we've got less media here, but you had your time with Canelo and Callum Smith, and normally in the wild, you know, circus, you might not get time or, you, you know, fighters have got, are stuck in here, so they actually don't mind doing things during the week. So we get more access to them, the broadcaster gets more access to them. Um, Production-wise, I've really enjoyed the noise, you know, of the punches landed, the noise of the corners interacting. Um, and, yeah, I think for me, that's probably the, the main things, is just getting more access to the fighters. I've actually enjoyed doing press conferences like we did today for each individual fight, rather than getting 20 people sitting up at a table or asleep or on the <laughs> phone. You know, you can just get two guys interacting and then uh, loads of stuff we've learned, loads of stuff. And, you know, we just don't know how it's going to progress. We have to be, we have to have the ability to keep the business and the sport moving behind closed doors because it might be like that for a while. You know, some, some events next year for us will be behind closed doors early. We'll be pushing for crowds. You know, Chocolatito against Estrada is a good example of a fight that I would like to do at the Dignity Health, for example. Love that place. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I think for a fight like that as well. But there is a strong chance that in March, in California, you won't be allowed. So we're going to see how we get on this. The problem is we've spent tens of thousands on stewarding and security to make sure we can try and maintain social distancing. Because if it goes wrong, it's really on us and the venue and, and the commission. So whilst it's great to have fans back, there is an extreme cost of policing it and making sure it's safe. So that's, you know, but I think, you know, obviously you've got Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell coming to Texas as well. Hopefully some other states will open up. 
maybe Arizona, you know, Phoenix was a, a wild crowd when we went there. Yeah, for Chavez Jacobs. So we'll have to see how things open up. So you're basically going to have to go back to Florida tomorrow for Triple G, then back to Texas here for Canelo on Saturday, yeah. back to the UK, and then back to Texas for Ryan Garcia? Yeah, I'm trying to get to that fight, but I do have a family holiday <laughs> in the Caribbean. So I'm trying to find a way to get from the Caribbean to Dallas and then back again without being slung out of either country. <laughs> so I might have to watch that one on the app. We'll see. What do you think is the biggest fight that could be made next year that no one's actually thinking about? I actually, I actually think that Saunders Andrade is a big fight. I know it's not a mega fight, but I actually think it's a big fight. Um, I think you're going to get like, there's a lot of fighters at the moment that are going to be forced into taking a fight that they might not ideally want to take. I think that better be ever against Bivol is a fight that should happen next year. I think it's an absolutely tremendous fight. Um, we've got Josh Warrington, hopefully we'll be announcing his fight with Kenzu um, next week, which is a tremendous fight. Then I'd like to make Warrington against Navarretti. I think it's a <laughs> tremendous fight as well. I, I just think, I honestly think you're going to get a lot more fights. I mean, even people are just under pressure, I think to make bigger fights. The broadcasters want more bang for their buck. The fighters realise if they want big money, they have to be in real fights. I mean, even, you know, not on our platform, but I think Vachel against Valdez is a great fight. Um, you know, when you look across the divisions as well, you know, Mungia, we said earlier against Golovkin, is a great fight. Um, Virgil Ortiz is a great fighter, you know, difficult, I think, Golden Boy are going to have a problem there as top rank have with Crawford in trying to get the opposition. Do you Crawford and Virgil? Great fight. I'm not sure Virgil Ortiz would take that fight yet, but we were trying to get Danny Aryalusinov against Virgil Ortiz. Yeah, because Danny Aryalusinov is going to be another fighter that is going to be hard to match as you as people realise how good he is. But the good news is, is I think there's a there's a strong mentality in boxing right now that people are willing to take, even like at the lower level, uh, as in the younger level. People like Ray Ford, for example, right? So we've got all these young fighters. Ray Ford says, step me up against anyone you want. And this week, he's got a really good step up and he's on a week's notice. But he stayed in the gym, he stayed ready. Because he's saying, I need to explode from the pack. You know what I mean? And the only way I'll do that is to be in a good fight, look good, and for you guys to go, do you know what? He's a good kid, that Rayford, or Ammo, or whatever it is. You know, they've got to come out and make a statement. Because all those younger kids, we're about to find out if any of them are, are actually what we hope they are. That's when it gets exciting. Some won't pass the test. Some will get better. So, you know. I have a lot of people asking me, is Dillian White versus Luis Ortiz a possible fight? So, Dillian White is, you know, you know Dillian White is very... Um, very hot-headed, right? He's a good friend of mine. And when he found out that Povetkin wouldn't be ready for January the 30th, he went mad and wanted to kill everyone in the room. <laughs> but then he said, well, let's fight someone else. I said, yeah, but he's only out for an extra four weeks. Like, in the grand scheme of things, we know you want the Povetkin fight. You must try and win that fight. Yeah, but I'm not letting him mess me around, blah, 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 blah. So, Luis Ortiz was the first name that come up. I love the fight. There's three brilliant fights. Dillian outside of Povetkin. Luis Ortiz, 
Deontay Wilder and Andy Reese. And he'll fight all of them. But for me, I do think he needs to handle business with Povetkin first and try and get that win and then move on. Think that will happen by March? March the 6th is, is the latest date. March the 7th? 6th is the latest date. March the... Uh, sorry, January 30th was the rescheduled date. Could be Feb 2027, but I think March the 6th is... I said, there's no point rushing the guy and then he's not ready. You might as well make a date that actually he's going to be ready for. Yeah. In your opinion, of a, of a step up, and I know it is a big one, in your opinion, it is this Luke Campbell for Ryan Garcia? Massive step up because he's never boxed anyone at world level. But he is a good fighter, Ryan Garcia. I mean, he's, he's a very, very entertaining fighter with fast hands, but I just feel that Luke Campbell is. I mean, Luke Campbell, I thought he beat Lenares that night, but it was very, very close. And his father passed away that week. His head was in another country. And obviously he lost to Lomachenko in a, in a good fight. But he was well beaten, but you know, he showed levels in that fight. He's a world-class lightweight, world-class lightweight. I mean, I believe he can mix it or beat the top five in the world. You know, um, it really comes down to how good Ryan Garcia is. He might be really good. He might not be very good at all. Or, that's a bit harsh, he might not be world level. Were you surprised that they took this? Very, very surprised. I thought, and I know, I won't throw anyone in under a bus at Golden Boy, but I know some, some of them were surprised. <laughs> you know, because, and they, it's not that they don't rate Ryan Garcia, but what I like about Ryan Garcia and Eddie Reynoso is, they're backing it up. So, you can talk shit, and you can have a load of Instagram followers, but jumping in a fight like that is another thing. So they obviously believe Eddie Reynoso is a very smart man. He wouldn't be taking this fight if he didn't think they could win. Do you think the people at Golden Boy tried to talk him out of it? No, I don't, I don't think. I'm not sure they've got the power to do that. But it wasn't that they said, oh, don't take the fight. But I think in conversations, like, I'm not sure that will be accepted. And it was like, on and I was like maybe as it draws closer they've realised they've made a bit of a mistake so if Ryan does win Ed what did I say about Ryan? I'll give him massive props because he's a world class fighter and he's a superstar I mean that is one thing about the gamble if he beats Luke Campbell he becomes a real player you know but it's, don't forget it's a final eliminator to fight Devin Haney so don't be ducking Devin Haney this is an interim world title fight and a final eliminator to fight Devin Haney. Speaking of eliminators and interims and everything, you teased dropping all the titles for Joshua Fury. Is that actually a possibility? No, we want, the, we want Joshua Fury to be for the undisputed heavyweight championship. That has always been the aim. But when I listen to people, it's like vultures is the wrong word, right? But it's close. And it's like, oh, big fight big sanction fees, whoa, step aside money. It's like, whoa, whoa, guys. We're coming out of a pandemic where, you know, no one's particularly making money right now. We're doing shows that might lose money. We're taking big risks. But all I seem to be doing over the last seven days is writing checks, right? In London last week, WBA, WBO, IBF, IBO. Merry Christmas to you. 
right? <laughs> Tomorrow night in Florida, IBF, IBO, Merry Christmas. This week, now WBC, WBA, congratulations, right? And it's like, yeah, but it's like, I'm in the wrong business. I should have a belt. I'm going to create my own sanction body and charge sanction fees, you know. No risk. Amazing business. So we get to eat pretty well too. Yeah, but, dinners. but but the thing is, is I respect the governing bodies and I respect the presidents. And belts do matter. We can all see it, and they don't really matter to fans, but they do matter to fighters, and they do have history. But if a fight like Joshua Fury suddenly turned around and went, we're going to make a statement here, no belts on the line. That changes everything. And the same way that promoters or managers or broadcasters will go out of business through the pandemic, so will governing bodies. If they don't just stay sensible, stay smart, realize we're going through a period right now. Well, stay sensible. Or be sensible. You know, but we're going through a period right now where people are taking less. You know, and some people are taking nothing. And some people are losing money. So, you know, um, yeah, it's not our intention to drop any belts. Right, they would. They'd both do it. Eddie, how soon do you think is realistic? I know this depends on government restrictions and everything. But when would you the soonest do you think that a Joshua Fury fight could take place in the UK before a full fight? We just don't know. I mean, really, if, if the fight's going to take place in the UK, they'd have to take half of what they could get. Yes. So that's a tough conversation. And if we don't know if we're going to get a crowd, we can't even consider it, to be quite frank. But both guys would rather do it in the UK, and one of the two fights should happen in the UK. But I think the plan over the next couple of weeks is to get a deal agreed in its entirety, and then go out and see where this fight can be staged. I think everyone would be disappointed, but I would just be honest again. I mean, I can't say, you know, ultimately I won't decide where the fight is. If you think that they should take half the money to do it in the UK, and in a fight that size, with everything on the line, I can't, you know, I'll, I'll defend them until, I think if it's 20 or 30%, I think they will do it in the England. They will take less money. But they'll, they'll become an amount of money where they just, you know, my advice would be, guys, you're, you're putting everything on the line. Not just your belts, your health, everything. Go and make your money, you know. But in an ideal world, we'd all love to do the fight. Okay. Uh, it is it has to happen next. The zone have already said that's the fight. Golden Boy no. I mean I think I think the general feeling is, away from me and most Brits, that Ryan Garcia wins that fight. Right? If that's the case, the zone have basically already said Golden Boy, Matrim. That's the fight, you make that in April. That will be the next fight for, for both of them. But he's got to win. Uh, and 
that's that's you can't fight a final eliminator and then win and not fight the champion. What's the point? Why would you fight Luke Campbell otherwise? I mean, it's a dangerous fight. But he's fighting him because it's for the interim title and it's a final eliminator. So if you win that fight, fight the champion. Yeah. But this is boxing. Yeah. Eddie, is there a rematch class for Canelo Smith? Um, there is, but it has to be discussed in more detail, if that makes sense. So the answer is yes, but uh, it would probably be subject to there being enough money in the pot and it being a great fight that everybody wants to see. This fight will be a great fight, like whatever happens. Depending on if a deal could be reached effectively, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I think that if the fight was a great fight, um, if there was enough money in the pot, you'd see an immediate rematch. Again, it all comes down to crowds and everything, you know. Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, break it down. Well, Ryan Garcia's got to beat Luke Campbell. But in the event of Luke Campbell twisting his ankle in the fight, and Ryan Garcia winning that fight, uh, tremendous fight. Sells out the Staples Centre, two young studs. You know, that, that's a fight. When, when we talk about uh, YouTube boxing and you know, all this cool stuff, that's the kind of fight that brings in the new generation of fans. Speaking of YouTube boxing, what are your thoughts on the Paul brothers and their matchups with these world beaters like Floyd Mayweather? What do you think about that fight? I think that's a joke. Yeah. I think I love Logan Paul. You know, he's a really bright guy. Um, but I don't blame him for fighting Floyd Mayweather. I just think he's absolutely ridiculous. Every fight has to have a narrative, right? So when I did KSI Logan Paul, two biggest YouTubers in the world. Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor, the biggest MMA star against the biggest boxer. What the fuck is Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul? What's the narrative of that? How do you one think of the best pound for pound fighters of all time against a zero and one YouTuber. Why does that don't make sense, does it? And as far as Jake Paul's concerned, I think Jake Paul's hilarious. I didn't like what he did, what he said about Conor McGregor's wife. I think that was really disrespectful to me. Like, for me, that's the kind of thing you don't joke about. But he don't care. He's just trying to goad Conor McGregor into doing something or some kind of fight. But for me, like some things you say, some things you don't. But do you feel partly responsible for putting them on the sports stage like that? No, because I think it would have happened anyway. But I think I set the trend, yeah, which definitely in one in one way it makes me feel really fucking good, and in other ways makes me think. Don't do too much of it. I mean, I had an opportunity after that to do more and more and more. In fact, the zone wanted to do Jake Paul against Anderson Gibb. I wasn't really looking to do anything that quick, but they, they got so many subscribers from that fight that they wanted to do another one. Mm. And I just think that if we don't start making great fights for boxing, those events will become more of a norm. And that's when it becomes a bit dangerous for boxing. But that's why I think fights like Joshua Fury, Garcia Haney, Crawford against Spence, we need to make those fights so that people realise that boxing's great. Mm. And I have no problem with those other YouTube stuff. Floyd against Logan, it's not for me. 
I have no problem. I'd do Jake Paul against KSI. It's fucking massive. Massive. You like that one, Mike? I'm sorry? Do you like that one? Yeah, I love it. Pretty far, yeah. They both won this weekend. I think from a design perspective, it's I mean it's always been quite a problem start, you know, like yeah, that that's that's the fight. But I think that if Canelo wins, then he will look at it and say, Well, I'd quite like to get the other belts. So Billy Joe Saunders, I kind of feel like they'll want to move quickly to plot the next move, do you know what I mean? So, and I think it will be Triple G or um, or Billy Joe Saunders if they win. Uh, and you know, some kind of talk about maybe even an interim fight somewhere in Mexico against Yildirim, because the winner will have to fight Yildirim if they want to keep the WBC title. It's up, it's up to Canelo, whether Canelo likes it or not for the most part. Say again? It's up to Canelo for all intents and purposes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it always is though, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright guys. Alright, thanks so much Eddie. Eddie, show me about your book. Oh, here we go. If I buy your book, what am I going to read? You're going to read about <laughs> being fucking crazy and just really being on a constant robotic journey to try and achieve. Will it help me in my job? I think so. I mean, and it's just, it's kind of like, it was like a counselling session where I'll just be very honest about what I think my mindset about trying to win. What it takes to win. What it takes to win, what it takes to be successful. But then I wrote it during the lockdown and the pandemic and it went a little bit soft in the end where I started saying, you got to do this, you got to do this, but make sure you're happy. So, the, the pursuit for success, but also the pursuit for happiness. Thank you. Wise words from the man himself, Eddie Hearn. Thanks so much. Cheers. Only on DAZN.